Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections that I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans in to get my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Monday starting off pretty good so far. Uh, I'm recording this Monday night, and all of the games are done yet, so hard to say. Uh, promising start. Uh, for the most part, but a uh, couple couple A-grade plays later in the night here, so it could kind of swing us either way. Um, excited about today's slates. So want to get right to it, really. Uh, 17 games with two double headers. Uh, but before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. If you missed episode one of the college football picks, Check that out today. Uh, within 24 hours show of now, we'll be doing another episode to talk about more games. So you still got time if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, also, check out Horse Racing Today. If you like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. It's their team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or website, the links are in the description and a reminder that we've started up a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as an exclusive access to play of the day or discord group, both ad free and early access to the shows and early access to projected spreads. A lot of good things there. Go check that out. Uh, the link here is scrolling down on the ticker there. Like I said, a lot of games to get to here. I'm excited about this slate a handful of games without lines yet as of now. So just keep up with the sheet and Twitter uh, for updates on that. We've got this double header here in Cincinnati. And from what it sounds like, we have confirmed the pirate starters for each game, but the reds, we, we have a pretty decent idea but we don't know which game they're going to go in. So because of that, there's no line yet. Uh, it'll be Johan Oviedo in game one. I'm projecting it'll be Reynald Espinal in game one, but it might be flipped. It might be Luis Sessa. Um, Weather-wise for game one, it should be in the around 70 degree mark for most of this game. Low uh, Upper 60s to start, low 70s to close. A breeze blowing out in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. So it's going to play fairly hitter friendly there with the wind. Chilly, so maybe not quite as much. We saw here in Monday's game, the total inning exactly on 9. And that's why I said in the show, I said I wouldn't just be playing over 9.5. 9.5 is a higher bar to clear. But if you get over 9, that'd be something I'd be a little more interested in. Model said 9.2. I told you I'll check back with a sheet based off of the wind shifting. The model updated it at 9.1 in the morning. Uh, it's right on nine, so it sometimes just happens to work out like that. Uh, but it's 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 tough to go over nine and a half, and it's a similar situation here for this game one. And assuming it is these two pitchers, I've got it at nine point four. Obviously, if Sessa pitches, uh, he's a better pitcher than what the Reds meet, which just basically a bullpen type game with uh, Espinal, which shouldn't it doesn't project to go very well um given the reds bullpen same thing with oviedo oviedo he, he he has started a few games and stretched out a little bit so it's not really an opener bullpen game but it's also not a guy who you think will go deep uh, maybe three four innings he's been okay a little below average uh i mean the pitch is not gonna be great in this one again it's kind of one of those uh, People have it on because it's daytime baseball, but not necessarily the, the greatest quality of baseball here. Uh, model says it would be Reds minus 120 for this one. Basically, says the Reds are a, a little bit better of a team. Their bullpen is a little bit better than the Pirates. Um, so the Pirates win game one, though. It's tough when you have bad baseball. It should be a 
in the neighborhood of a coin toss type game. Again, assuming it is Espinal here in game one. Again, so model says Reds minus 120 with a total of 9.4. But if those pitchers flip, that'll adjust. I'll make a play on that once we know more information. 107 Eastern, first pitch Rays and the Jays. This one will be upper 60s in Toronto. Decent chance they might open the roof at that temperature. They might keep it closed. It's kind of a, a, on, on the tweener territory, but the wind won't really affect that stadium very much, and the temperature's not too bad. So either way, it'll probably play kind of like it normally does in there. I don't think it's a big deal either way. Jeffrey Springs versus Alec Manoa here in game one. Springs has got that fantastic 254 ERA. Underlay metrics say maybe low threes. A guy I talked about a lot this season, good results, struggles going deep, and has some high variability starts. He's kind of the poor man Spencer Strider, I feel like. He's not as good with regards to his stuff, but the same sort of like decent numbers, you know, but just like every once in a while he'll go like three innings and you're kind of like, what's going on? But then every once in a while he can go deep. So just kind of that all over the place type thing. Obviously, again, not to say he's as good as Strider. That's why I said the poor man. They're really poor man. But it's kind of the similar type thing where you just never quite know how deep he's going to go. Sometimes he looks pretty good. Uh, Model gives him a 93 grade rating, so above average, but a lot of variability with Springs. Manoa, Model gives him an 86 grade. Again, 100 is average, and the lower the better. 242 ERA in the season. Now, a 242 ERA would be much better than an 86 grade, but the advanced metrics say his ERA should be more in the mid three. So again, a very good pitcher. As I've talked about with Manoa all season, though, Probably not quite as good as the DRA. The Jays are always overpriced. I'll probably be on the Rays again. Should have been on them on the run line here on Monday as they lost by one. They had a late lead. And and I I this is where it's tough, right? Everyone has a little bit different strategy. I'm I'm trying more to give y'all good insight so that you can come up with a strategy that you're comfortable with. Because I don't I don't ever want, you know you just taking someone's advice on something. I want you to hear the things and think, yeah, I agree with that. And this is why I like that. And and I'm trying to project how the game will go. And I think we nailed it with the Rays Jays here on Monday night, as we said, it should be a coin toss type game, a really good game. I don't really think one team has the edge in that, you know, and it turns out that the Rays, those massive plus odds, I think was a great play. It just didn't work, right? Great plays can still lose and bad plays can still win. The Rays were hung in there. If you heard that and you saw that's been the type of dog that, we should be maybe thinking about run line with because a lot of those type of dogs have lost by one. And that's what happens. Maybe you heard that and, and you put some on the run line and you won. So we, we, we nailed the game and that's what I'm trying to get out of this show is trying to give you a good forecast. That's what the model trying to do is tell you roughly what we should expect. And then if you're, if you're playing run lines or alternate run lines or money lines or whatever, hopefully you find a strategy that you're liking. Um, just went the wrong way and should have done a run line instead of money line, but nailed that it. it would be a tight game that there was value on the race. Those plus odds, it just didn't work out. I assume we'll be talking about the similar thing here in both of these games on this doubleheader that the Jays will be overpriced. The Jays should be a little bit bigger favorites in this one. Model says minus 128. I'm assuming they're going to be something crazy like minus 160 or 170 or something. We're back on the raise, probably on the run line on this one, um, just because at some point my the, the tipping point for where to switch is this is probably getting into like the plus odds would be really nice, but the probability of losing by one, especially what we've seen in recent years with the way the data's gone, is, is, has jumped a lot. So I'd probably be eyeing Ray's run line if the price is what I assume it will be. But again, you never know. Maybe, again, someday the, the Jays might have value again. And I'd love backing him. I love back, backing Manoa. Um, I, I just assume they're going to be overpriced. Again, model says Jays minus 128 with a total of 8.6 for game one up north of the border. 610 Eastern first pitch, the first of many A plays today. Like I said, I really like the slay. Angels, the Guardians, uh, around 70 degrees for the totality of this game. Winds blowing mostly across around 10 miles an hour. It'll be a little more in across to start, a little more out across to finish. Overall, really not much of an effect. It might have a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly effect early on than later. So if you are isolating first five, a tiny bit of a help to the pitchers to start that's going to shift to the slightly other side as the game goes on. Not that I necessarily recommend that specifically, but there's your information in case you play in those markets. Um, Jose Suarez and Cody Morris Suarez, a lefty 377 ERA, 
underlying metrics say run run four. Very average pitcher. Uh, same thing with Cody Morris. He's only pitched twice. Um, results good. Advanced metrics, not as great, but underlying metrics just say kind of run-of-the-mill average pitcher. A pair of average pitchers here, given the strength of the Guardians' bullpen uh, and the fact that these offenses are a wash game is in Cleveland. Model says it should be Guardians minus 145. It's an A-group play for me on them at minus 130. Cousin Jared talked about it yesterday. All the money we've made back in the Guardians and all the money we've made faded the Angels. I mean, it was the play Monday night, and uh, it's it's – it's the same play here, uh, here here again tonight back in the Guardians for us. Uh, an A-grade play. Like I said, I, I just think that the price should be higher. Um, this Angels team seems to find ways to lose ball games. They've done it all year. Trout's in the middle of a historic streak, and they still can't win, which goes back to what we've been saying about them, is that they only have three hitters, which makes their average really good for those three, and it's pretty bad for the, for the other six. Their reliever's not very good. Uh, I, I think the Guardians get it done again. I think it's priced really well. So minus 130 is an A-grade play. Again, the model says minus 145. So it's about as high as I want to get for an A-grade. Once it gets to minus 135, it's for sure a B-grade. So in, in between minus 130 and minus 135 is that real question mark zone. In the minus 135 to minus 145 would be a B-grade. And then once you get above that, it would be a C-grade where I'd still take the Guardians, but you've really lost all its value. And so it's the side I'd be on. I'd add it to my portfolio, but I wouldn't want to be too invested because I don't think it's a value play. I just think it's a side I'd rather be on. Oh, one last note on that one, of course. Total uh, of eight. Model says 7.4. 6.40 Eastern, first pitch. Phillies at the Marlins. Bailey Falter versus Sandy Alcantara. I don't know what else to say about Sandy other than what we talked about last time, which is just wonder how, how his arm's going to hold down the stretch with all the innings he's thrown. It's one of the reasons he's going to run away with a Cy Young. He has been so valuable to that team. It's a shame he doesn't have any help because he has been a fantastic pitcher to watch and all the innings he's thrown, all the strikeouts. I mean, can't say enough about him. I will point out the underlying metrics say he's probably not as good as his results have been, but the results have just been incredible. And again, the innings have really been a differentiator, but you do wonder how that's going to hold up as the season goes along uh, here. He's been not quite as sharp um, about every other outing or so. Philly's offense above average might be able to take advantage of that. They're going to throw Bailey Falter, a, a lefty, 402 ERA and the underlying metrics say more like four and a half. So he's a little below average. I mean, Marlins have a huge turning pitcher edge. That's the only place they're going to have an edge. And coming off a double header, I'm going to talk about it here with him and the Rangers. Coming off a double header here on Monday, they didn't have to travel anywhere, but they played a lot of innings. Their bullpen pitched a lot of innings. Um, almost, almost all their relievers pitched. And you say that may not matter with Sandy. It may not. If he's on, he can absolutely dominate a game. But if he's not, if there's any inning fatigue if there's any thought and you never know what a manager's going to do of let's not do something stupid to get him hurt at this point you know the reliever situation is going to be rough but it's also the position player situation of all the innings they played on the day before you can only mix and match so much um the phillies will come in rested and i think that matters i think the phillies can hang in this one i don't know if they win it should be a coin toss type game i give the marlins a slight edge model says it should be marlins minus 109 it's Phillies or pass. I'm going to take them on the run line. It's really steep odds. My rule of thumb on the run line really is don't take a number that starts with a two on it. 190 is acceptable. It's not one I love. It is one I like, though, because I think the, the Phillies can hang in there, might win this game. Getting the run and a half, again, more valuable as the road team. We do have to pay that premium for it. I talked about that last night um, on, on Monday's show. We are going to pay that premium for it because if it does go deeper, it's more likely that if the home team wins, they do it by one run and not more than one run. So it just it's a little bit steeper of odds, but the probability of winning this play is pretty high, in my opinion. Again, again, that the model says the Phillies just win 48% of the time. And given a total of seven, the model says 7.3, so model agrees low scoring. A lot of ways that the Phillies also only lose by one. So a lot of ways this one wins. Minus 190 on the run line is a B-grade pick for me on the Phillies. 6.40 Eastern, first pitch, Pirates at the Reds. This one will be game two. It's going to flip around 70 degrees, but as the other game, it was upper 60s to start, low 70s to close. Now it'll be low 70s to start, upper 60s to close. Again, slightly in this one with it being warmer at the end of the first game and start of the second game, it's a little bit helping the hitters in that, helping the pitchers at the start of game one at the end of game two. Probably rounding error, but just something to keep in the back of your mind if you're playing this first five, if you're playing live, stuff like that. Just something to think about. Winds in this one will also be blowing out, but it's going to die down as the night goes along. So as the uh, 
Knight goes along on this one. The runs are going to stop. Asterisk, if there's any relievers left who can do that. Um, that's the thing, is that there might not be many relievers left in this game at the end of this one who can pitch. Those two teams have terrible relievers. And you saw it the day before here on Monday with the Marlins Rangers. That's why I tweeted it out. I said, if you were going to play an under, you needed to do it first five in that game two. And first four would have worked. First five wouldn't have. That's when the wheels fell off. And it was just tons of – and I said, if you're gonna, I said otherwise, I think you got to look full game over. Because uh, Jordan, I kind of talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday. I tweeted that out like it, it was going to get bad, given that both those pitchers weren't going to go deep. And you have the same thing here. Sessa pitched really well his last time out. Fantastic job by him. Can he do that again? I, I, I'm not. I'm not expecting that. Now, if it's going to happen against the Pirates, absolutely, that's possible. Anybody can look better against the Pirates, right? That's why they're one of the laughing stocks of the league. But, but I, I don't think that last start is representative. And just in both games for both teams, there's a lot of question marks about how deep these guys can go. Luis Ortiz for the Pirates here in Game Two. Fairly highly regarded prospect. You just never know with prospects. It's going to be a lot of variability. So, so the point in all this to say it's going to be better pitching weather as the game goes on, even though it's a hitter-friendly ballpark because it gets chillier here. The wind dies down. But we just do not know, especially before the first game finishes, what we'll have left with the reliever situation in game two. And even in game two, with Ortiz and Sessa, both a pair of Luises here, I, just, I think it's possible both these guys go six, seven innings. I know they're trying to build Sessa up, but the underlying metrics for him on the season, again, we got to get that last start up. That's only one start. The underlying metrics for him on the season, says ERA should be in the mid-fours. And mid-fours, pitching in a hitter-friendly ballpark, again, at the start of the game, a little bit warmer, wind blowing out a little bit stronger, gives up some runs, all of a sudden he has a short outing. Or they say, we gotta, you, you got to keep throwing because the bullpen situation. That's the thing to keep in mind here. At some point, for both of these teams, not in the playoff hunt, they might just say, "You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta keep pitching because we only have so many arms, and we want to build you up as a starter. So let's go." And that could lead to a lot of runs too. So there's a lot happening here with the total. Model says 9.5 here for the second game, and Reds minus 129. Uh, model thinks that Luis Sessa below average but not terrible and is very concerned for the pirates with ortiz and that if it's it's all on him to pitch well if not a lot of innings from relievers isn't a good thing and the other thing that the model's doing and we're talking about hunter brown here on the next game and, and we talked about in his debut a team like the astros who's able to bring up a reliever or excuse me a, a prospect to start that has good relievers especially in a situation like the Astros, who's a good team. The model knows that I have, I have it built in there to kind of say, we think it's going to go better for them. Even if the model doesn't give them a full starting pitcher rating, it doesn't really know exactly what to expect, what, what to expect. It says in general, it's a better situation because we trust that the Astros aren't desperate to bring up somebody. We don't know how good Ortiz is going to be prospects hit and miss all the time. We can look at his minor league numbers and sometimes that gives us a decent clue, but the model is just saying, hey, look, in general, a bad team with bad relievers calling up a pitcher is a whole lot more likely that he's just not up to par for major league standards. And that's kind of where the model's a little bit skewed here. That's why the model gives the Reds a little bit more of an edge and still says nine and a half for the total because it just doesn't think things are going to go well. It's, it's that there's like one thing, one way things go well for the Pirates here in game two in the under. And there's a bunch of ways it blows apart, whether it's length or quality or which one of those bad relievers for the Pirates pitches, right? And again, that's the opposite situation here of the Astros. Hunter Brown making his second start. Fantastic in his major league debut. Six innings, no runs. Underlying metric for Charlotte, it was only six innings, but it was encouraging. The model projects him well. His, again, skyrocketed up the ratings. And again, like I said, the model, that's why the model was on him on the first game was like, hey, I know we don't have a ton to go off here and I'm a little uncertain, but it was like, the Astros have good relievers, so they're not going to be overly desperate. They're a good team, so that, that bodes well. Now it's giving him an 84 grid rating, which is fantastic for a guy making only his second start. He'll be opposed by Drew Hutchison, a below average pitcher. So it's a massive starting pitcher edge for the Astros, just like it was here on Monday. The difference on Monday was that Fromber's a little bit better than Hunter Brown and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez a little bit better than Drew Hutchison. But it sets up to be a pretty similar game. Massive edge everywhere for the Astros. Weather-wise, not as cool 
as the first game of this series. It'll be low 70s to start, upper 60s to close. And the winds will be blowing at the beginning out and then across uh, versus game one where the wind was blowing strong in. And so a little bit more likely to have some runs in this one. Model still says go under eight, though. Model says 7.6. Model doesn't think the Tigers can score off of Brown and, and thinks to some extent that it's not friendly enough for the Astros to get there by themselves. That's what they had to do in the first game, and they weren't able to do it. They still stayed under that seven and a half that Cousin Jared and I told you all to go ahead and grab. And that dropped to seven at some point. So this is the benefit of getting the shows earlier or getting the projections earlier. I'm still giving out all the same free stuff, but again, if, if you're if you're looking to get stuff earlier, I can provide that for you. Um, and that would have got you that under seven and a half, which is a winner versus under seven, which the models still like, but that was only a push because the Astros had to do it all by themselves. And I think it's a similar setup here in the second game of the series. The Astros are going to have to do most of it by themselves. I expect really good things from Hunter Brown. I'm back on the Astros like I was yesterday. Run line, minus 130 is an A-grade play. Uh, being the road team, again, it's more likely that they are able to win by more than one in the event. It is a tight game. I don't think it will be, but if it is, we for sure get that ninth of that with the Astros, which might add a little bit extra value. Model says it should be Astros minus 227. Right now, the money line price is minus 205. So again, another situation where if you want to throw the Astros into your money line parlays, I think that is a reasonable uh, thing to do. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Orioles at the Nationals locked in a great price here at minus 138. It's an A-grade play for me on the Orioles. I mean, just let's throw everything out the window and just say one of these teams is good, one of them isn't. The travel's not that much for the Orioles. It'll probably be half Orioles fans there. They're finally excited about their team independent race, and the Nationals are pretty terrible. It, I, I'm sorry, if, if you're going to take a week of decent baseball from the Nats, decent baseball, and they still like went, you know, the last like 13 games for the Nats, they've still been like five and eight or something. Right. And that's better than what they were. But I mean, the nationals are a very bad baseball team and the Orioles are a pretty solid one. I mean, just ignoring everything else, just be like, how is this number so low? Right. I mean, it, it, it should be a no brainer at these prices. Model says it should be Orioles minus minus one ninety four. This is an a grade play for me all the way up to, I don't know, minus minus one sixty, minus one, minus one seventy, probably even still an a grade play for me. Uh, the better you can get, great. But uh, who knows where this number's going to go? Again, just talk about the benefit of getting the early, uh, the early projections. I don't know. What, I, I I can't imagine this number not being driven up because this number is insane. I don't. I mean, whoever's hanging these numbers should be fired, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like I've never seen anything like that. But this is the craziest line I, I might have seen all year, just from a common sense standpoint. There's been lines that the models disagreed with because the model has a few biases or whatever and is kind of like certain teams and dislike certain teams. And so it'll show some big edges. And, and again, a lot of those have worked, but a lot of them I'm like, I get kind of this one. I'm like, I don't understand this whatsoever. Um, Corey Abbott, 422 ERA in his 32 innings, but the underlying metrics for those innings says his ERA should be near six. That's about where he projects a very bad starting pitcher. Dean Kramer, a 323 ER in the underlying metrics say mid upper threes. I mean, a pretty solid pitcher. And again, the Orioles have a much better bullpen. They, they have a competent offense. Uh, I don't even know what else to say about this one. Uh, Weather-wise, it'll be in the mid-70s. Uh, winds will be about five miles an hour, not really helping or hurting anybody. Um, total of this one's eight and a half. Model says 7.8. It is a situation where I would probably look under. The Nationals' relievers aren't as bad, I think, as their hitters are bad. Again, I know the offense has scored a few runs, but every team has some stretches where they look better or worse offensively than they actually are. So it's, it's, it's a situation where um, I, I think under eight and a half makes a lot of sense. Here. The Orioles have been an under team all season on the strength of that bullpen. And I, I think the Nat, I think this is a, a six to one type Orioles win. So, I mean, I, I like the under, but I love backing the Orioles here again. It's about minus 170. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get up anywhere near that. And you're not even going to have to think about it, but Orioles should be massive favorites in here. Again, model says minus 194. So it's an A great play for me backing the orange birds. Game two, the doubleheader up in Toronto. Rays at the Jays. Similar weather situation. Uh, They're cooling off a little bit. At some point, they may close the roof. Who, who knows? Um, I'm projecting double bullpen games on this one. If it's double bullpen games, the model likes the Rays. The model thinks the Rays relievers are a little bit better and says that that kind of counteracts with the Blue Jays' home field advantage here and says this should be a coin toss game. I tend to agree. It says Blue Jays minus 102. You say Kikuchi might be involved for the Blue Jays in relief, and if so, 
I probably like the Rays even more. I'm sure we'll be on the Rays on this one. The question is just what this would be. I'd be more likely to take them on the money line here because uh, my hunch is we're going to get low plus odds, and I don't want to lay. Like talk about the, the problem with Monday night's games, I just don't want to lay like minus two hundred on the run line. Maybe it's the right time to do it. You know, again, you got to figure out what, what works for you. But it should be a coin toss game. It should be another great game, just like Monday night's game. I don't know who wins. Flip a coin, and so at that point, we got to find the value. Whether you're finding the value and taking the run at decent odds or, or at respectable odds, or you're taking the plus odds, whatever you're doing there. To me, it's another coin toss game. Two great ball clubs. Um, you know, not not an AL, but right. You know, can be dangerous in October. Solid teams. And uh, like I said, it should be a great game. Model says Jays minus 102 with a total of 9.3. 7.10 Eastern, first pitch Cubs at the Mets. About 80 degrees in New York here to start off with, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing out or across to right field at about 10 miles an hour. So maybe a little bit of a help to a lefty, uh, but it might actually hurt because it might pull the ball foul. So it's, it's it's probably not really much of an effect to anybody. Again, if it's a little bit more out, it might be a little bit of help to the hitter. So the model's giving you the, the tiniest booth, you know, tenth of a run basically uh, to the over because it blowing a little bit out and across. You know, if, if a player hits a ball to, you know, kind of the power alley, it might blow it further down the line where the fence is shorter and a little bit deeper. So a tiny bit of help to the hitters. Uh, not a ton though. Adrian Sampson and Jacob DeGrom, I don't know what to say about DeGrom. I mean, best pitcher in baseball, hands down. And uh, I'm not going to break any news to you there. Uh, Adrian Sampson, I got to talk to you a lot about. Pretty solid pitcher this year. Guy I've trusted. Um, 376 year in the season. Underlying metrics say about four. Just an average pitcher grades out at 104. I think the model's still a little bit low on him because the model is, again, a little bit concerned about previous years. But every time he goes out and pitches respectable, the model just gives him a little bit more credit. Uh, it's slow to adjust. We talked about that by design because most of the time it should be slow to adjust. But whatever Samson's changed up, uh, I mean, it, he, he's looking solid. Again, not great, but he, he's a very solid pitcher. Uh, other than that, obviously, it should be advantage Mets. But it was advantage Mets on Monday night, and they and they lost. Um, Bassett didn't didn't look good at all. So again, baseball, you just never know. It's all about the price here. The Mets should be massive favorites because they have a much better offense, much better relievers than Jacob Degrom, who's by far the best pitcher in baseball. Like it. it, it it should be pretty straightforward here, except the issue is the Mets are minus 349. And I'm okay laying 349 with the Mets with Jacob DeGrom if it's against the Rockies or if it's against, you know, Corey Abbott and the Nationals, right? But uh, against Adrian Sampson, who's an okay pitcher, the Cubs offense is okay. The relievers are terrible. But, I mean, their offense and the, and the starters, okay. 349 is just too much. Uh, but the other thing is that the, the Cubs, the value is just not there yet, really. So right now, this is a game that I'm making a secret pick on the Cubs. I'm just going to go off of the this year. These big dogs have been uh, all the big dogs, which you get up much over plus 200, uh, have, have had a lot of value because they've lost more than they've won. But the prices have gotten so out of hand that if you just blind back these big dogs – You'd be you'd be about a lot of money. A lot of y'all are aware of that trend, so I'm just going to back that here with the Cubs. But it's only a C grade pick. I'm comfortable, especially now that I've, I've reweighted, and it's not one unit, two unit, three units uh, like it used to be. It's basically it's how much you try to win. So so a C grade play on the Mets here is like risk like a half a unit, and that's kind of what I would say here is like maybe take a flyer on the Cubs. If the odds get better, I think it's worth putting a little bit more on them, even though they're not any more likely to win. It's just about the value to pay out in the long run proposition that we're talking about. Again, model says about minus 350 for the Mets. So right now it's not really great on either side, but but I can see a world where people are back in the Mets like crazy and Jacob DeGrom, who again is fantastic, obviously. And if you can get plus 375 on the Cubs, I mean, it's, you got, you got to do, you got to put a little bit on it, right? Uh, you know, DeGrom's, had better results this year, but we've seen a lot in the past. Just if you, if you blind faded to Grom, he'd be doing really well because his team stopped scoring runs for him. And, and the team didn't score any here on Monday night against a, a mediocre pitcher in Assad and, and a mediocre and a horrible set of relievers score two runs, right? It's not just Assad. It was the relievers the Mets couldn't score off of. So if they don't score many runs, it's going to be hard for them to win. Right. So I mean, the Cubs will be worth a flyer, but I, I just don't think there's enough value uh, but but contrary to that, if the, if the price comes down, if people are kind of hearing what I'm saying here and they say, yeah, plus 300, you know, let's take the Cubs, and all of a sudden you can get minus 340, minus 330 on the Mets, that's probably worth a look there too. And, and maybe 
you're fine just money line maybe go run line maybe probably whatever again however you're thinking about doing that. i'm just talking about the money line price and the value and and, and again 350 is kind of the number you got to get better value than that on either side right now i don't think it's there i'll take a stab here with the cubs um just to lock that in but it, it's it's not enough value to get excited about but it's worth a tiny tiny investment to the portfolio just in case they pull it off just so we're diversified uh, across what sometimes crazy nights in baseball happen and if so having just a little bit in there in your portfolio uh, might might be pretty smart. Uh, model says 7.1, total is 7, so not really worth anything there. 17 Eastern first pitch, Yankees at the Red Sox, mid to low 70s in Boston. Winds will be blowing out about 10 miles an hour for this game. Um, Garrett Cole and Nick Pavetta, uh, obviously Garrett Cole's a much better pitcher. I, I don't think... Anybody's going to argue with me on that. Uh, model gives one a 77 grade, one a 98 grade. Pavetta 429 ERA. It's about what the underlying metrics say. I mean, just run of the mill average pitcher. Uh, Garrett Cole 320 ERA. Underlying metrics say a little bit better. Really good pitcher. Uh, knocking on the or trying to get into that second tier uh, of pitchers. She's right behind the the Verlanders and the and the Scherzers and the Otanis and the Spencer Striders of the world. Um, other than that. The model says there is no difference between these teams right now. And I think that's an it's really interesting. We talk about the Yankees bullpen still a little banged up. Uh, Red Sox pin just run of the mill, been pretty run of the mill all season after that first month or so when they kind of, you know, moving a couple guys into the pen and trying to get that short up. Just been run of the mill. But the Yankees pin at one point was really good, but still banged up and now grades out at just average. The Yankees offense at one point, at one point in the season, we would have said. Yankees offense against a mediocre pitcher who they're going to score some runs, right? And now the model thinks that the Red Sox offense is actually better than the Yankees offense, how it's constructed right now with who's healthy. Not sure if that's exactly true, but the point being that the, what the model is trying to tell us is that it's close. It's a lot closer than our brains want to think again, based off of who is healthy right now. The Yankees offense has just been Aaron judge. And even though they've been playing better as of late, most games has been if judge can do something for them, they win. And if he can't, they don't. And that's not really the recipe for a hundred win team. And that's still how they're being priced. Like they're a hundred win team. The models all over the Red Sox on this one model says the Yankees should be slight road favorites. The model here, the way the models look at this, I'm just going to break down what the model is saying. And then you can kind of adjust and you can kind of go up with your own number. The model saying start off and give the Reds 53% for being at home. Bullpens, offense, all that rounding year. Garrett Cole is better than Pavetta enough to flip that basically 53% to the other side. And so it's basically giving him a 6% jump. Maybe it should be a little bit more than that. Garrett Cole is a really good pitcher. Uh, so maybe instead of Yankees minus 110, maybe it should really be minus 115, maybe minus 120. Uh, but the bottom line is Yankees minus 165 is just massively overpriced. I don't know how you get there. I mean, if you if to get there... From a map, and this is where I'm saying that there you can disagree with certain things and you can kind of come up with some of your own opinions, whatever. What I'm about to say, you can't disagree with to get there from a mathematical standpoint, you have to view this game as if it's Garrett Cole versus a, a, a bullpen game or a triple A call up. And Pavetta's not that bad. Like, I, I just don't know how to how you get to 165, or you have to say that the Yankees offense is massively better than the Red Sox. And again, with who's healthy right now, I, I just I don't know how you get there. Like maybe a little bit better, but I, I just don't think these teams are that different right now. Obviously, the big difference is Cole. That's why the Yankees should be road favorites, but not to the price of minus one sixty-five. So I'm on the Red Sox here. It's a pretty big edge, but I'm going to go run line rather than money line. You can sprinkle it on the money line at plus one fifty-two. Offers a lot of value, uh, but I'm just going to go run line here. A great play on the Red Sox. That way, if they lose, uh, we got a shot still to win this one. If it's tied, there's still ways that we can um, like that we can win without having to have the Red Sox win. So uh, I, I like what this offers us here on the run line. But if, if you want to go money line, this is just the type of this is the type of play. And people ask about the B grade plays and why they're negative for the season. This is the exact play that all season has been a B grade money line pick because I've said with the old paradigm that I was using to start off with it. We're all learning. We're always growing always trying to do things better. I'm learning things every single year. I'm making improvements, making adjustments. No matter if I'm 20 years old, 40 years old, 60 years old, we're always trying to learn, always trying to make things better, right? If you're not, 
you're not going to win eventually because things are going to be figured out. Right. So the thing that we are eyeing here this year, the improvement is this has been the exact type of play that in the old paradigm, I would have said this is a B grade money line pick on the Red Sox because I would say they got a decent chance to win and these plus odds are nice, but I don't need to bet three units on them to win 4.5. And so I would have bet two to win three. And I'd have said, that's happy. That's why I changed the paradigm about how I'm waiting, how much we're risking, how that scaled out. Um, and adding the running run lines because this has been the exact type of play all season. It's been a B great play. It has lost by one run. This has been so many of them. And if I went back and took all those plus 150, plus 160, plus 170 dogs that were B grade plays and took them on the run line, that flips in a hurry. And so that doesn't mean this one will hit there. It just means there's been a lot of them, way more than what you're giving up in the odds. Is and I've and I've said this multiple times before. Is that a trend that will continue? Eventually, probably not, because eventually the odds makers you start slowly making adjustments, but it's a trend that was true subtly, you know, three years ago, two years ago, got a little stronger last year and got strong enough this year that I was like, I can't ignore this. It just continued to be there. And if it's a trend that won't go away, then it doesn't really matter which way you play it. And so I think it should be on the Red Sox. And because this trend, it's either, like I said, I think I've said this exactly before. Either this trend is real and it's not going anywhere. And I think that might be the case then you want to play on the run line. And if not, and the idea is it doesn't really matter because they figured out the value perfectly, then doesn't matter which way you play. So why not just take the run line? Who cares? That's my per- perception. Um, but again, money line might make some sense too. The model says there's a lot of value here at plus 152. Games totaled 8.5. Model says 8.7. So not really much of an edge there. 7.40 Eastern. Start time. Royals at the Twins. About 80 degrees in Minnesota to start. Mid-70s to close. Once we play mostly across and under five miles an hour, it's not really a wind effect there. Chris Bubich versus Joe Ryan. Massive edge to the Twins here with regards to the starting pitcher. The difference in ERA between these two pitchers is about a run and a half. The difference in the underlying metrics is a lot smaller. And that's what I talked about with Joe Ryan. He had that like 250 ERA. But I kept saying at the start of the season that that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors that he wasn't that good. And sure enough, the ERA has come up. The underlying metrics say it's mostly caught up by now. Uh, an average pitcher, maybe slightly a young guy, so obviously has potential to get better. Uh, not quite as good as that, that smoke and mirror start, but still a solid pitcher. Bubich, though, pretty below average, uh, about a half standard deviation below average. Twins relievers, much better. Twins offense, much better. Twins at home, all twins on this one. Model says minus 193. I'm giving the twins minus 175 and A grade, but this is the number that I wanted at. Anything higher really drops to a B grade because we've lost a lot of the value. Anything higher than this up until about minus 195 would be a B grade for me. I like the twins. I just want to get them at this number or better. So again, sign up link for bet online is in the show's description. If this number is still around, you can always get the exact same numbers I've got. I lock them in on bet stamp to show receipt purposes. And then I post them to the sheet and tweet about it right away. If you want to hear the analysis again, join the Patreon. You can do that. Uh, at night, right away, I'll upload it as soon as possible so you can hear this. Hopefully, that price is still there. You can play with the same numbers we are. Shop around, maybe find a better number. I'd love you. I'd love if you found even a better number than that. But again, 175 is my, my limit here for the A grade. Beyond that, again, I still think the twins are worth an investment. It's just you're paying a little bit more of a premium. So we want to back off a little bit because it's not the best place to invest our money. We want to try to manage our money. And the stronger investments, put a little bit more in those, a little bit less in the weaker ones, be diversified, see how much we can collect at the end of the day, and then do the same thing again tomorrow, right? And so for this one, I like the twins at this price. It's worth a stronger investment if it gets a little bit worse, a little bit less. But again, big twins edge here in this one. And again, it has a total of eight. Model says 8.5. Royal has been more of an over team this season, so maybe something to think about there. 745 Eastern, first pitch Brewers at the Cardinals, around 80 degrees to start, around 70 degrees to close. Big series here for the Brewers. If they're going to have any chance of getting back in that wild card race, uh, this is a tough series for them. At St. Louis, they need to not get swept. <laughs> it's really the bottom line here. Uh, they're going to throw what's projecting right now. It looks like Matt Bush, which will be a uh, bullpen game, he might go. He's said a couple of times, I think, where he's gone two or three, but he's not going to go very deep. Turn it over to a decent Brewers bullpen. Um, Jordan Montgomery, though, obviously a better pitcher. 
And the Cardinals relievers also pretty solid. The Cardinals offense better than the Brewers offense by a lot. That's their big edge here. The game's in St. Louis and the Cardinals offense. Um, and, and then a little bit of an edge with Montgomery. Montgomery A just better than Bush in the fact that then we've got Montgomery for five or six innings, whereas uh, Bush plus whoever's coming in for those other innings will be a little bit worse. I mean, the Cardinals got some good edges here in this one. Models so that should be Cardinals minus 161. Uh, so we'll see what number comes out, and I'll make a play on that again. Later on, I'll update Twitter and the sheet for that one. Total of 6.8 is what the model says for this one. Again, St. Louis is a really pitcher-friendly park when it's not in the 90-degree mark. So uh, model says if you can get 7.5, that'd be a nice little under there. So we'll see what happens again when the number is posted. 805 Eastern first pitch, A's at the Rangers. Kid Waldachuk, for, Kid Waldachuk versus Cole Reagans. Uh, Waldachuk... Solid results in his two outings so far. The underlying metrics, though, uh, not good. And so it's a little bit concerning for him. He's he, he was kind of in that slightly below league average, and now he's trending further away from that because it's only been 10 innings, but the model's kind of taken note and said, I, I don't really like what we're seeing here. The signs aren't good. So it's kind of like nudging him a little bit, <laughs> a little bit down. Uh Cole Reagan's kind of a similar story, 380 ERA, but the underlying metrics for him in, in, in over 20 innings are even worse. So the model's really not a fan of him. Uh, model says 8.4 for the total. Actual total is 8.5. I'd love to go over in this one. The model doesn't say two, but I'm just thinking about the Rangers. I'm thinking about that game two in Miami. Rangers have no relievers left. Reagan's isn't the guy I trust. Fear is that maybe he can shut down the A's because he's not a good pitcher, but the A's don't have good bats. But I mean, there should be some runs in this game and the reliever situation for the A's isn't necessarily good for the Rangers. I just don't think it's going it, it, to, it's going to be tough. Like I said, all, all their relievers pretty much pitched the day before and now they're traveling uh, back home. So not, not ideal. Uh, again, model doesn't say go over, but I, I'd look over here. I, I think nine is a pretty reasonable outcome for this game. I'm going to be on the A's on the run line at minus 155. It's a B-grade play. The model isn't really taking into account that the fact that the Rangers played a doubleheader the day before. That's so rare. I haven't coded that in to give them any ding, so it's not reflected in the number. It's also unique to this year because this year we had those extra doubleheaders. Usually we only have the doubleheaders that come from weather, and there's just not that many of them. And so it's such a one-off. We don't really have – it's just not worth the effort. But this year we've had a few more because of that – Every team had a scheduled doubleheader thing because of that first uh, week, losing that first week. Uh, and so I think that kind of affects things here. And model says Rangers minus 134. I, I think if I were to code in the, the extra travel and the doubleheader, probably model would say more like minus 120s, upper 120s maybe. So A's plus 136 offers value. I'm on the run line for the same reasons I outlined earlier. This is the exact sort of game that I would have given a B grade to and said the A's can pull it off. It's great plus odds. They lose by one. Who knows if that happens? I'm just going with the trend. Again, if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. And it'll work out in the long run. So um, I'm on the A's run line here. I think it's a good spot for them. I'm not really a huge fan of either starting pitcher, but I at least have more hope in Waldachuk because while neither's had good advanced metrics, at least one of them's done it in two games and there's done it in five. So the one that's done it in five being Reagan's, I'm a little bit more like you're not very good. Whereas Waldachuk is at least only two games that were concerning. So he's still got more of a chance at least to be decent. Of course, the Rangers have an edge offensively. That's why they're favored. Uh, I just think it's a bad spot for him. That's why I'm on the A's run line. 18 Eastern first pitch Rockies at the White Sox, a Rockies team that uh, haven't done well with really all season. There's one of the, one of the, you know, two or three teams that just we haven't done well with, but done much better on them as of late. It's been more mediocre than the truly terrible. It was earlier once I made a few adjustments and kind of um, stuck more with the kind of just shifted a little bit more of that home field edge for them. Kind of sticking more to fading them on the road and backing them more at home when we can has been at least made it or, or plays in the Rockies more respectable as of late on the road here. I don't really think they stand much of a chance in this game. Uh, Chad Kuehl versus Michael Kopech. Kopech is a guy I talked about a lot this season that I don't think he's as good as his ERA. I still don't think that's true, uh, but his ERA is coming up and is pretty close to four now. So you're kind of seeing what I was talking about with Kopech, that he's not that good. Um, I still think it can get higher, but against the Rockies, with the Rockies bats being not very good, away from Coors, 
uh, he, he might have some success tonight. I think he's just an average pitcher, but I think that's better than Chad Kuehl, who uh, has a 538 ERA. And it's not just Coors Inflated. It's underlying metrics that it should be in the low five. So much better pitcher for the White Sox, even though I'm not a big Kopech fan. It's better than the opponent. Uh, White Sox relievers are better. White Sox offense is better. Uh, again, in uh, Chicago and in, in Denver, I'd probably still say the White Sox offense is better. But, I mean, that, the Rockies team plays a lot better. There's a different story. Um, here I've got White Sox minus 199, minus 181 is an Agri play. And just like I said with the Twins, this is about it's about the same difference too. If you if you if you go back and look at it, I had um I think this price is six cents more, but the price of the model says it's five cents more. This is about it. Uh obviously one or two cents, you know, but this is about it for the A grade. Once it gets up to the mid upper 180s, it's down to a B grade. Um at minus 200, I'd still play the socks. Again, I still think it's worth adding to your portfolio, but just as a smaller you're risking a lot more. And so I just don't think it's worth as much of an investment. I'd rather take some of those units and put them to better investments, I think. Um, but again, trying to keep more of a diversified portfolio rather than saying, I've got all my money on three games in the night, you know, or, or all the money that I'm going to wager in the night on three games. Right. So right now I like the white Sox here. I don't know what the price is going to do. If it shoots up though, like I said, I'd still be on the white Sox. but as long as it's in this low minus one eighties or better, it's an a grade again, above that to about minus 200 would be a B grade for me. Uh, model says total of 8.1. Actual total is 8.5. I would be inclined to go under. It's going to be a relatively chilly night uh, in Chicago. We're going to start off around 70 degrees and close in the mid-upper 60s. Uh, winds will be blowing mostly across, so not really much sort of, of an effect and not strong winds. Um, and, and it, you know, the White Sox offense is better than the Rockies offense, but they're not that good. Um, they'll score some runs off of Chad Kuehl, I think, because Kuehl's not that good. But I'm just not sure how much the Rockies are going to score going against an average pitcher on the road isn't really a great setup for them. The White Sox have decent relievers. I mean, it feels like a five to two White Sox victory. Uh, White Sox been playing much better. I talked about this without La Russa. Again, not to pile on the guy, but I mean, he, he wasn't making good decisions. And like I said, I don't really think the players like playing for him. And so now that he's gone, the team's playing better. I, I think the White Sox are the side to back here. Uh, just all about the price. And that's just going to determine how much, how heavy we back on. But again, minus 181, I say fire away on the White Sox. You take run line, uh, but again, this is the exact type of situation that these games have been a higher percentage of one-run games with the favorite winning by one uh, than the prices indicate. But as you get bigger favorites, then it flips. When the favorites get bigger, those are the ones where it's like the odds aren't worth it, and that's where it's better to just flip on the run line and hope they blow them out. Um, and we see this phenomenon in other sports. This is not just a baseball thing, right? You see it sometimes in basketball where it's uh, when, when it gets to be a – you know, a nine point dog or something. A lot of times you're better off just taking the big odds in the money line. Cause if they're going to hang in there, they got a decent chance to win, but they don't lose by five that often. Uh, if they lose, they just get destroyed. So it's not uncommon to see this where it's like, depending on where the number is kind of determines which plays the better play and the other side exists, but you probably just shouldn't play it. So I'm sticking to money line here. You can look one line, but being the home team, I don't think minus one, like cousin Jerry talked about, I think minus one anyone's a big price. Uh, if this was minus two fifty. I'd be playing run line, but at minus 181, I think it's fine to fire away on. 940 Eastern first pitch Dodgers at the Diamondbacks. Again, I'm recording this on Monday night. So far, um, our boy Ryan Nelson I talked about is one hitting the Dodgers through five innings. It's nothing, nothing. And um, I mean, I, I think I mentioned on yesterday's show that the, um, you know, the Dodgers were again overpriced. The model said 8.4 for the total. I mentioned going under nine. Uh, and we had the Diamondbacks on the run line there um, with an A-grade play to, to hang in there, and that's playing out really, really well. Who knows if that'll finish, right? Um, but so far, so good. I'm back in the Diamondbacks here on the run line again here tonight on Tuesday, B-grade play. Not as exciting of odds the night before. The other concern I have here is Merrill Kelly is good, and I think people are kind of starting to take note of that, and so that's affecting the price. I think that we got more value with Ryan Nelson because I think we were identifying a spot that uh, the model was like, whoa, hey, I'm taking note, and I think the betting public wasn't as much. But with Merrill Kelly, I've been talking about how good he is all season, and so I think there's just a little bit less value backing Kelly uh, here. It's, it's not a situation where the Dodgers are quite as overpriced as before because Kelly should be getting this respect. The model now gives them a sub-90 rating. Uh, 294 ERA. Now the underlying metrics say more like mid threes, but I mean, a very good pitcher. I mean, I haven't talked about it all year. I don't think I have to rehash that. If you've been here for any, any amount of time, you've heard me talk about, I, I like Kelly and he's been a, a good guy to back, especially at home. 
Um, not so much that the home road has helped him more or less. It's just that his team isn't very good and they're more likely to win at home because bad teams win more, all teams win more at home really, in the whole than on the road. So it's one of those where you've been getting plus odds at him at home and it's, it's won a lot for you if you have a short minus odds. So Kelly's been a guy who's loved to back. And uh, I'm going to back him again tonight. It's just I don't think the price is good enough to warrant an A grade. I like the plus odds on the run line that we were able to get on Monday night. Uh, but minus 110, only a B grade. Model says it should be Dodgers minus 177. So again, the Dodgers are overpriced, but not by that much. Again, as of right now, it's close enough where I could see the price on this one getting to a point where playing the Dodgers wouldn't be the craziest thing if, if this... Right now, the Dodgers are minus 191. I mean, we're talking 15 cents of movement, which is very possible on an overnight. And if so, I don't think the Dodgers are a bad play. This is where I say it's always tough from, from where I'm at. So I'm just trying to describe what I think is good plays. And depending on how you're listening and where you're shopping around, I can have 10 of y'all listen to this and, and y'all come up with 10 different plays. And I don't know <laughs> what all they would be, but with alternate stuff, a, a, a lot of options here based off how the number moves. But as of right now, Hey, again, say the Dodgers are priced a little bit too high. Not a lot, just a little. Enough where I'd keep an eye on it. Maybe the Dodgers are worth an investment in this one. The issue is, again, Kelly's been so good to us. Um, and so model says plus 175, not big enough. Now, if this goes up, people betting the Dodgers, maybe you take a flyer on the, on the Diamondbacks' run line. Maybe he, I mean, money line, maybe you can pull it off. But again, this is the type of thing where the Diamondbacks, very possible to lose by one or on. Early on in the season, the Dodgers were winning all their games by multiple runs. That stopped because, again, that, like I, I mentioned multiple times, that was not a foreseeable trend. That when you get into one-run games, you're not just magically going to always then win by two or lose, which was kind of a, a weird, just anomaly. Um, the Dodgers could very very likely win this game, very likely win by one, but we got a lot of ways we could win back in the Diamondbacks on the run line with a strong pitcher like Merrill Kelly. Of course, a strong pitcher like Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Uh, 262 ERA and the airline metrics say that's pretty spot on. He's actually better than Kelly. Kershaw still at this point in his career still a really good pitcher. Obviously, concern is he's got to stay healthy, right? But I mean, when he's out there, he's a very good pitcher. Um, but again, I think the Diamondbacks make a little bit of sense here. Model says total of seven point seven. Actual total is eight. So another game that the model might lean a little bit under. Again, less value than on uh, Monday night though, because again, I think we were identifying a strength in, in Ryan Nelson being a pretty solid pitcher. Uh, here, whereas I think the, the book's a little bit more out, but I still think under makes some sense. The fear you have, of course, the Diamondbacks reliever is not very good, but hopefully Kelly goes enough innings to make that not an issue. So Diamondbacks on the run line here and maybe a little bit of an under action, I think makes a lot of sense out in the desert on your Tuesday night. Padres at the Mariners, 940 Eastern start time, about 70 degrees to start in Seattle, low 60s to close. I'm projecting that they'll open the roof. There, it's not too chilly. Uh, no chance of rain is what it looks like in the Seattle area. You Darvish and Logan Gilbert, two really good pitchers, two guys I've raved about a lot this season. Uh, both get mid-upper 80 grades. Both have ERAs in the low threes. Both of the underlying metrics say mid-threes. Um, Mariners relievers are better. Padres relievers. Model still grades out Padres relievers as average. <sighs> I guess, sure, I don't know. Uh, it's hard It's hard for the eyes to agree with that, but I mean, they've got some guys who, they do have some guys who the ERA is a little bit higher, but the underlying metrics indicate that they're not that bad. And you have Hader, which what do you even do with Hader? Literally, literally what is the manager going to do with him? But what do you know? How he's fallen apart. He has such a good history, you know. Uh, relievers are volatile, but man, he's been so bad. But I mean, he's got such a good history. I don't, I don't know. Again, model says Padres relievers are average. Either way, Mariners have better relievers. I think we can all agree on that. And offensively, Padres, Mariners offense good, top 10 offense. Padres offense better. Padres offense is fantastic. But the Padres offense is only a little bit better than the Mariners offense. I think the Mariners relievers have a bigger edge. The game's in Seattle. I'm all over the Mariners at minus 108. It's an A great play for me. They've been good to us. I'm going to keep backing them here. Model says minus 116, but a similar story to what I talked about in some of the other ones. This is the limit on the A grade. I got a lot of A grade plays today, but, I'll, but a, a, a lot of them are this is the price. And like maybe a cent higher, but I mean, once it gets to minus one ten, it's a, it's really that's my line for a B grade. Now, it might, if it was minus one ten, I mean, I don't know. You can play however you want, obviously, and interpret however you want. I'm just telling you that that you're that's really the cut point. Whether you want to include it in the A or B is is hard to say. But as it gets above that, you start getting closer to the number, and that's where in the one tens, I would give the Mariners a B grade, and then at one twenty. Like I said about some previous games, I'd still back the Mariners, but it would just be a much smaller investment to diversify the portfolio. But but you just don't have as much value, so I'd just rather put that unit on something I think is more valuable. 
Um, so you never know where the number's going to go, but at minus 108, I love the Mariners. Maybe it gets even better for you. Maybe it gets closer to even money, but I think the Mariners are more than coin toss winning this game, and that's kind of what it's priced as. Um, I think they're a better team at home. Uh, Padres, not a bad team, but e- even if they have a lead late, uh, the Mariners' bullpen collapsed Sunday aside, which they still recovered from and, and beat the Braves, you know, the, the amazing Braves, right? The, the, a lot of y'all think best team in the world, Braves. Aside from that, the Mariners relievers are still pretty good. So even if the Padres get up, unless they get up by a lot, I mean, the Mariners are still in this game. So I think the Mariners make a lot of sense. have been good to us. I don't see any reason to get off the train here. Again, as long as it's better than minus 110, it's an A-grade play for me. And I like the under as well. I've liked a lot of the Mariners unders this year. Model says 7.1, the actual total 7.5. Uh, I, I'm surprised this isn't 7. I know the Padres offense is good. If the Padres offense was any weaker, I would have said 6.5. Um but I mean, with with Gilbert and Darvish on the hill, two really good pitchers. I mean, this has three two written all over it. So I, I'm just surprised you can go under seven and a half. I think seven's the better number. It, I, there were two games here uh, last night. Now here or when we recorded on Sunday night for Monday show that were seven and a half. Cousin Jared and I talked about. We were both like, why? Uh, one of them was the Astros, and before long, before you know, too late in the into, into Monday, it was down to seven. Uh, and, and if you got under seven and a half, you won. If you had under seven, you push. Uh, the other one's the Giants. Uh, sure enough, it went, it went down to seven as well. Uh, and again, it's, it's not over yet, but it's, it's looking low scoring to start. So never know how that'll play out in the end, especially with the Giants bullpen. But same thing here. This is another similar one where I'm like, I feel like it should be seven. I don't know why it's seven and a half. So I like the under here in Seattle as well. And to wrap us up, Braves at the Giants, 945 Eastern first pitch. Another chilly one in San Francisco, upper 50s. Wind's blowing out, but again, a park that's built to minimize that. Kyle Wright and Jacob Junis. Uh, Wright's a fantastic pitcher, a guy I've been backing from day like 13 of the season, it feels like. I don't know exactly how early, but I got on his train pretty early and said, hey, if, if you either back him or you just don't fade him. <laughs> and he's been a pretty solid pitcher all season. Molly gives him an 86 grade. 323 ERA and the underlying metrics say mid threes. Jacob Junis has been has been decent. Uh, model gives him a 98 grade, 398 ERA. Underlying metrics actually maybe a little better than that. His issue, of course, is length. And the issue with the length is exactly what you're getting get from the Giants bullpen if he doesn't go deeper. He's got it, it, all the Giants pitchers, you know, Radon is the same way, right? Radon can go eight innings, and when he does, gives him a great chance to win. But sometimes his pitch count gets up. And when he only goes five innings or six innings, it's like hold your breath for that those relievers to come in, right? The issue is that Junis is more of that shorter guy than the longer guy. So that's his variability in this one that I'm just not so comfortable with. He's done he's in solid. Um, it's just, you know, the relievers are just so scary for the for the Giants when I don't really when when it's Radon, at least you know you got a chance to get eight. When it's Cobb, a guy I've talked about all season, I love that guy. Um, you know, Logan Webb can go eight. Right. Junis is like, it's not impossible, but the most likely outcome for him is like five or six. Six would be a good outing for like, for, I think for the most part, if you could tell uh, their manager, if you could give him, uh, he, he gives you six innings. I feel like, like it's Kapler there. I think he'd be like, hallelujah, let's do it. Right. Um, and so if it's worse than that, you know, uh, Braves offense really good. I, I think they can get to Junis or, one of the relievers. I was on the Giants on Monday, but I'm going to flip them in the Braves on this one on Tuesday. The model has not backed the Braves very much. It said they've been overpriced. And so anytime it, the model, and it's done this kind of with the Yankees a little bit. It's done it with the Dodgers. Uh, it's done it with the Jays. Anytime the model's really taken a stance and said you're overpriced, uh, and it's kind of been doing this with the Braves lately. Anytime the model says there's a little bit of an edge, I kind of want to go that direction because it's seeing a little bit of something different in that game. And I want to take advantage of that. And right here, the ball says it should be raised minus 149. And so that minus 152, it basically says, you know, it's not a bad look. It's not a great look, but I'm going to give it a B grade and, and, and up it from what would have been a C to a B just because the model has been so few and far between the opportunities to back what is a really good Braves team. Um, and so I just I think the Braves are worth the investment here at this price. I don't want to go run line, not in that park, not given um not not so much that park, not in the conditions of that park that we're gonna be in the 50s, because the it's more of a neutral park here. And when the ball when the temperature is up in the 70s out there uh for a day game, uh sometimes the ball flies around a little bit, but but you know, 60s kind of average temperatures, maybe mid-60s, but when you get down to the 50s, uh 
again, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it still is pretty pitcher friendly on those nights. And so I don't want to do run line, uh, laying run line. I don't want to lay the favorite on the run line, uh, run line in those conditions. So I'm going to go money line here, minus 152. I think it's a solid look. Uh, like I said, it's about the number that the model has. And just given how many times that the model said the Braves overpriced, I'm okay jumping on them here. Uh, total 7.5, model says 7.3. And so again, just to recap, got a lot of picks coming for you tomorrow or later in the day, depending on when you're watching this on the Twitter. She may be already up by the time you watch this. Uh, as of now, I've got a lot of A-grade plays. Got the Guardians minus 130 at home against the Angels, one that's about as high as I want to go for that A-grade. I've got the Astros on the run line at minus 130 at the Tigers. Maybe a little more wiggle room there. I think the Astros get it done. Uh, Orioles minus 138 at the Nationals. I mean, almost play that one as an A-grade no matter what, but uh, unless it gets up to minus 180 or something crazy. Yeah, that's that's the one you got a little bit more cushion on. Um, at the Red Sox, one line, uh, minus 120 at home against the Yankees. Uh, that one, too, if the odds go up a little bit, not a big deal. Uh, but then I got the Twins at minus 175 at home against the Royals. That's about as high as I want to go for that A-grade play. I got the White Sox at minus 181 at home against the Rockies. Again, that's about as high as I want to go on that A-grade play. And the Mariners minus 108 at home against the Padres, and that's as high as I want to go on that one. So several A-grade plays. If the number gets better, great. If it doesn't, maybe it's more of an A slash B pick kind of in your mind how you're interpreting it. So that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. See you again tomorrow for more MLB content. And until then, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.